doing today? Please be seated. Thank you so very much. I'm honored to be here, and my wife and I love Mac and Julia. You have two, in my opinion, two of the greatest pastors on planet Earth. And what's happening here at Lake Hills is absolutely amazing. I know Austin is a big boating place, a big water place. How many people in here like own a boat? If you have a boat, oh, a lot of boaters here. Yeah, yeah, I have a boat as well. Several years ago, I was in the Atlantic Ocean in a small boat, a 16-foot boat. Had a fun day on the water. The sun was setting. It was just a picturesque evening. We were making the turn into the marina. The marina was like, I don't know, a minute away. And oh, just the, the, the purr of the engine. It was so, so relaxing. I happened to glance to my left. The marina was to my right. I saw a boat that was pretty close, and it looked like someone swimming maybe 100 yards behind the boat. I thought to myself, that's strange. At dusk, swimming in the Atlantic Ocean near a boat, sharks, all sorts of things. So I, I told my friend who was driving the boat, I just motioned for him to look, and over the purr of the engine, he saw what I saw. We turned, oh, drove over to the man, and we looked at him. He was in the process of drowning, going under the water for the last time. He was sucking down salt water. His arms were flailing. We, we looked at him, and we thought, wow, this guy is a monster. I mean, he looked like a professional wrestler of Leviathan. How are we going to drag him into our little boat? So, you know, your, your adrenaline's flowing. I grabbed one paw. My, my friend grabbed the other paw, and we heaved this guy into the boat. He was crying and throwing up salt water and thanking us profusely. He said, guys, I was throwing a net over the side of my boat. The net caught my boot. I flew overboard. I tried to swim and catch up to my boat, yet the wind kept blowing it out of my reach. He said, if you hadn't have driven by, I was going down for the last time. Wow. I mean, I helped rescue someone. So when he regained his composure, we drove him back to his boat. He jumped on his boat, and we, we waved, and we saw the guy, and he, and he started fishing again. Is that hilarious? Started throwing those nets out for those fish. What was eerie was this happened within eyesight of this big, beautiful marina. So we turned toward the marina, oh, no wake zone. And as we, as we inched toward the marina, and, and have you ever noticed that marinas are always packed with boats? I've never seen an empty marina, have you? Millions and millions of dollars just floating and rotting. It's kind of interesting to think about. Anyway, the first boat we saw as we approached this marina, and, and we just rescued this guy, was this white boat, kind of a go-fast boat, easy quarter of a million dollars. 
Standing on the bow of this boat was, was this guy. I mean, he was shredded, ripped, stoked, swole, whatever you want to say. He, 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 had, he had so little body fat, you could see his aorta. <laughs> Next to him was hopefully his wife, but who knows, a girl. And she had on a bikini, or I should say a resemblance of a bikini. I've seen more cotton in an aspirin bottle than what she had on. And as we got closer to them, they, they both smiled at us and, and waved. So they smiled and waved at us, and then the big, handsome bodybuilder guy whacked her on the bottom. I thought, man, that's, that's weird. Here these people are on this expensive boat tied up to the marina. They're smiling and waving and whacking each other on the bottom while a drowning man is sinking to the bottom for the last time. Then I thought to myself, wow, that's, that's kind of like a lot of people I know. That's kind of like a lot of Christians I know. That's kind of like a lot of churches I know. Smiling, waving, whacking each other on the bottom while people far away from God are sinking to the bottom. I researched, oh, I don't know, it must have been 10 years ago, yacht clubs. Have you, ever, have you ever been on a yacht before? Anyone? I mean a real yacht. I have, just a couple of times in my life. I confess. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. Hands are going everywhere. Yes, Ed. Anybody else in, up here? Yeah, yeah, you've been on a yacht. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yes. Yachts are amazing boats. They're, they're, they're vessels that are highly valuable. Well, I, I don't know why I just began to research yachts, and then I got into yacht clubs, specifically in New England. Most yacht clubs, I discovered, started as rescue societies. Now, that's, that's strange, isn't it? So you had a rescue society. So I researched a rescue society. A rescue society was basically a group of people they had their boats, and they would rescue people. They would, they would face the wind and the waves and the elements, and they would go and get people. They would rescue people. And as I read deeper, it said that a lot of people in these rescue societies just got tired of it. They were like, man, we're worn out. The, 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 the sunburn getting seasick people almost dying in first aid were sick and tired of the rescue society so they formed a yacht clubs they just started getting into their boats and sipping champagne and eating caviar and just tying up you know to different marinas just 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 sitting there just just relaxing this, this, this yacht club mentality. Well, as I, as I got 
more involved in this research, some of the people in the rescue societies were like, are you kidding me? We're not a yacht club. No, 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 no. We're not going to sit there and, and work on our tan and eat high-priced food. No, no. We are going to go down the beach and form another rescue society. I'm here to tell you, the church is not a yacht club. We are a rescue society. We, we shouldn't have this marina mentality. I mean, I should not tie up to some dock or, or, or just hang out at some marina. It's fine to do that now and then, but what I'm supposed to do is I'm supposed to face the winds and the waves and the elements and, and go out in the deep and rescue. What does it mean to be rescued anyway? Well, you know, the Bible is an anthology of the rescue. The Bible is all about the rescue. Read, for example, about Abraham, rescue. Read about Samson, rescue. Read about Esther, rescue. Read about Gideon, rescue. Read about Rahab, rescue. Read about Elijah, rescue. Read about Elisha, rescue. Read about the Apostle Paul, rescue. Read about Simon Peter, rescue. And ultimately, Jesus was and is about the rescue. We're not a yacht club. I have a friend of mine in Dallas, and he and some, some of his friends every year fly down to St. Bart's, and they spend time on this super yacht. And I asked him, I said, well, where do you guys go? He said, oh, no, no, we don't go anywhere. We just fly to St. Bart's and stay on the yacht. So I said, you mean the yacht is just docked there? Oh, yeah. He said, there's like five or six super yachts docked side by side, and we just spend the entire time there. Huh. I mean, I'm sure that's fun. I've never done that. But could it be that we've fallen into the trap of just, just having yachts stacked next to each other, and we've forgotten how to go out and rescue the Bible is the anthology of the rescue stories. I said, have you been rescued? Jesus said, I've come to seek and save, you could say rescue, those who are lost. Have you been rescued? I remember when I was a kid, we had a little, a little John boat, a little metal, little rowboat type thing. And we went to Kmart and bought these cushions. I'll never forget these cushions. They were red, but they had bold black letters that said, this is not to be used as a flotation device. In other words, if we, if we capsized, don't even think about using those red Kmart seat cushions as life preservers. They're a poor flotation device. There was a time in my life where I was using a poor flotation device. I was, I was drowning. <laughs> And we hold on to a lot of poor flotation devices, do we not? Possessions, pleasure, power. But God comes along, and God tosses the ring to drowning hunks of humanity because the ring is 
the thing. Say that with me. The ring is the thing. Who's the ring? The ring is Jesus. So God has tossed Jesus to drowning hunks of humanity. There was a time in my life where I let go of that Kmart flotation device, that poor flotation device, and grasped the ring. And the ring is Jesus. I love this, this life ring because when you have a ring, there's no beginning and no end. Jesus came from the top to the bottom to bring us from the bottom to the top. So there was a time in my life I let go of this flotation device and I was rescued. The ring is the thing. Have you been rescued? Many are going, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've been rescued. I have a story. Yeah, I've been rescued. And some of you are nodding your head. And, and, and you have a rescue story. Any person who's a follower of Christ must have a rescue story. You're not just sort of rescued. You're not just gradually rescued. There's a time when you were rescued. When I rescued with my friend that, that giant guy in the Atlantic Ocean, there was a time when we rescued him. If you've been rescued, great. Think about the person who tossed the ring to you. I mean, we know the ring is the thing. It's Jesus. But just, just, just think back. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it was through a Bible study. Maybe it was through a friend or a pastor. Just, just, just briefly, just, just do a quick microwave prayer. God, thank you that you use someone to throw the ring. Because every single person here at Lake Hills, you have been brought here by the providence of God, whether you know it or not. Now, we don't talk about the providence of God that much anymore. Let me explain it. The providence of God is when God simultaneously synchronizes people. In other words, in my life, when I became a follower of Christ, when I was rescued, obviously God was working in my heart. He knew I was drowning. He knew I was sinking. He knew I was using a poor flotation device. So at the same time, he used, in his providence, someone else to toss the ring to me. Some of you here are not here. Well, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say some of you. All of you are here because of the providence of God. But some of you are here, and you've never, ever, ever been rescued. God sent me in his providence on this stage to share this with you. I don't understand it. I can't explain it. It's not serendipitous. It's not by happenstance. It's not by luck. You're hearing my voice. This message is just for you because you have been using a poor flotation device. And the great news is you can let go of that and grasp the ring because the ring is the? But the Bible comes along, and in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, here's what Jesus said. He said, therefore, go. He didn't say, yo. He said, therefore, go. And in the original language, the Greek, it's as you're going. So in no uncertain terms, Jesus said, get your as in gear. As you're living your life, as you're playing golf, as you're going to, to work, as you're in school, as you're on the lacrosse team, 
as you're playing golf. Whatever you do, whatever you're about, you need to be a part of this rescue society. So therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. If you look at the bookends of Christ's ministry, when he started his ministry, he said, rescue. And right before he ascended, he said, rescue. The ring is the thing. Notice something else. The hope is the rope. I love to rhyme. I think my mother read me too many nursery rhymes when I was a kid. I just love rhyming, you know, you know. Anyway, the ring is the thing. The hope is the rope. The rope is tethered to God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Well, you could say God the Son as well, three and one, one and three. God the Father has tossed Jesus to you and to me. Jesus came to die. He lived to die. Death couldn't hold him down because he was totally righteous, and he burst forth with resurrection power. His whole thing is the rescue, something we don't deserve. This rope is tethered to, yes, we know God the Father, but also is tethered to the only thing that Jesus ever built. What did he build? Did he say, I've come to build a hospital? I've come to build a Christian university? I've come to build an orphanage? All those things are great. Jesus only built one thing. I will build my church. So this rope is tethered to the church, this rescue society. The ring is the thing. The hope is the rope. I mean, it's not just, there's not just a life ring aimlessly floating out there. And there's another one, the third one, and it still rhymes. I mean, this whole industry of, 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 of rap and hip-hop is all about the rhyme. And a lot of the Bible was written in rhyme. A lot of people don't know that, but if you study the original languages, a lot of it is written in, in rhyme. So the ring is the thing, the hope is the rope. Pull, so the house will be what? Full. Pull. Are you a part of the pull? I'm talking to believers. I'm talking to those of us who've been rescued because the radically rescued rescue radically. I mean, if I've been rescued, if I've been saved, I should radically rescue. The ring is a thing. The hope is the rope. Pull so the house will be full. As a follower of Christ, are you a part of the pull? Because we're rescued to do what? Not to work on our spiritual tan. A lot of us think, oh boy, I'm on this Christian cruise ship now. Uh, I'll just work on my spiritual tan, sit back, relax, all you can eat buffet. I guess that's what happens. Thank you, Jesus, for rescuing me. I'm just, I'll trade in life rings for lounge chairs. I'm just going to chill. Oh, this is awesome. Yet, you have so many of your friends, so many of your family, drowning, sinking to the bottom. Yeah, we're on this Christian cruise ship. And we're like, man, this is fun. This is nice. I think I'll play ring toss. No, I'm not going to toss the ring. I'll just play ring toss. Oh, boy, 50 points. No, no. 
The ring is the thing. It's Jesus. The hope is the rope. Pull so the house will be full. We are saved to share. We're saved to sow. Because when you get in the, in, in, into, the, into the rescue society thing, it's not, it's not cheap. We're saved to share and sow and serve one another. All of us, Lake Hills, we're a part of the pool. When you pulled into this beautiful campus, you saw those in the parking crew. I mean, they're a part of the pool. Those who help, whether it's serve you coffee or, or point you in the right direction, those who take care of your little ones, those in the student ministry, those who are tweaking dials, all are part of the pool. Are you, if you're rescued, are you a part of the pool? Because the moment you say, no, 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 I'm not a part of the pool, look what happens. You drop the rope. This is cool. This is a nice, a nice thing to understand, is it not? The ring is a thing, the hope is a rope. Pull so the house will be full. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, the Bible says basically this stuff is not easy. It says, do the work of the evangelist. I discovered something when it comes to the rescue. Everybody wants to rescue people until you start rescuing people. Oh, we want to reach people. Man, we want to rescue people. Well, you start doing some of those things, taking those risks, hitting the wind and the waves. Whoa, they didn't tell me that. Philemon chapter 6. Well, it should be verse 6. Just, just say verse 6. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith, active in tossing the ring, so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. When I am involved in this process as a Christ follower, I'll understand what it means to really walk in depth. Because whenever you talk about, for example, discipleship, I read Matthew 28, Jesus said, make disciples. The front end and the back end of discipleship is evangelism. Okay, I could close my Bible right now. You could go, whoa, this is a nice little kind of hip-hop-esque Dr. Seuss nursery rhyme message. Uh, the ring is the thing, the hope is the rope, pulls to the house will be full. The church is a rescue society. Yeah, that sounds good. But, but I want to go a little bit, a little bit deeper because why, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a why guy, why do most of us say, you know, I'm not really into this. You know, that doesn't really fire me up. I would rather just chill on the Christian uh, cruise ship and live the life of comfort. Well, we should be comforted by Christ but uncomfortable for him. And the reason that many of us, I'm talking to believers now, don't involve ourselves in the process is because of, and I made this word up, rexcuses. Say that with me. Rexcuses. Yeah, I made it up. Rexcuses. Turn that into Urban Dictionary. 
Yeah, excuses. What are, what, are, what are excuses? Well, they're excuses not to rescue. That's what they are. Because sadly, even in my life, uh, I didn't get involved in the rescue process until I'd been a believer for a while. I had the opportunity to play college basketball at Florida State. That's right, the Florida State criminals, I mean Seminoles. And we had some you know, pretty, pretty colorful people on the team. I was the only Christ follower on our team. And one day someone kind of got up in my grill and said, Ed, I, I mean, you're a believer. Pray a high-risk prayer. Lord, um, I have these people around me, and if you open doors, I want to walk through them. I want to share my rescue story. So I thought, well, I'll do it. So I went to my dorm room, kneeled down over the air conditioning unit, rested my elbows on the window seal, looked out over a darkened parking lot in Tallahassee, Florida, and said, God, all these people around me, give me the worst to say. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to have these conversations, but just, just, just open doors and I'll walk through them. The next morning, I'm walking to class with one of my teammates who just got kicked off of Clemson's team because of stealing and he was selling drugs. So we picked him up. <laughs> but I'm glad we did because it's the providence of God. So we're walking across the campus and he's like, hey man, I've been watching you. I'm thinking, whoa. He said, I want what you've got. I just prayed that prayer hours ago. It was probably one in the morning when I prayed the prayer. And now it's like 10 o'clock, and he's asking me this. So I find that I'm involved in the rescue. So I tell him through my stumblings and fumblings how to get rescued. And I watched him that evening with tears streaming down his face let go of the poor flotation device he was holding on to and grab the ring. And once that happened to me, my life has never been the same, and the same will happen to you as well. But the devil gives us excuses, I'm talking to believers, of why we shouldn't involve ourselves in the rescue. And I know what they are because I hear them all the time, and I've, and I've polled Christians and pastors and churches really around the world. So I'm just giving you the observations that I've made and that I've seen. The first one is the sheeple excuse. <laughs> Sounds like a sick sheep, but that's my best. So often we just think about sheeple. In other words, moving sheeple from one little church to another little church. And so much of church growth is just shuffling sheeple. I'm not talking about sheeple. I'm talking about people who are drowning without the Lord. Another excuse, the depth excuse. Tragically, many of our churches are on birth control pills. Some of you will get that later. Oh, that was good. You don't get it. Think about this. Think about this. We, we, we say, you know what? We want, people say, I want real worship. I really want to worship. Again, I'm talking to Christians. Worship. Worship. And worship is expressing love to God. But what happens when 
a bride and groom get married? Well, I'll tell you what happens. They, they make love and, and they get together. And one day, due to making love, they have children. Reproduction. Am I, am I going too fast? This is Austin. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? I'm kidding. I love Austin. It's a little joke to wake some people up. So when you have a bride and groom getting together and, and, and you have sex, usually you're going to have kids. Reproduction. Same is true in the church. When you have true worship, the bride, the church, having intimacy with the groom, what's going to be the result? Reproduction. So, we should go, wow, it's awesome we have baby believers here. It's awesome that we have people whose faith is fresh here. It's awesome that we have people who are full core followers of Christ. Reproduction. And when God wants to birth a bunch of babies, he looks for you know, the best incubator he can find. The sheeple excuse. The depth excuse. I just want to go deeper. Really? Well, rescues don't happen in two or three inches of water. <laughs> You've got to go deep to rescue. So the deepest churches are those who are involved in the rescue, not the other way around. Oh, a God in the box excuse. That's where people go, oh, I got God in the box. I got God figured out. I'll just throw him in the box, boom, tape it up. There's God. It's all about the sovereignty of God. Yes, it's about the sovereignty of God. However, it's also about the free will of man. No one, no one understands the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. Those are only two rivers that meet in the mind of God. Is God sovereign? Yes. Do we believe in election? Yes. Also within that, we have a freedom of choice. I don't understand it, but we do. Have you made the choice? Have you made the choice to let go of this poor flotation device and grab the ring? Or maybe you've grabbed the ring. Have you made the choice to start praying high-risk prayers? Or are you going to allow the enemy to keep you from this because of your excuses? I mean, why are we here? The moment I got rescued, why didn't God just zap me to heaven? Why am I here? To sin? No, not to sin. Why am I here? To recreate, procreate, and do deals and die? I mean, that's fine to do that, but that's not why I'm here. Why am I here? What? The ring is the thing. The hope is the rope. Pull. So the house will be full. And then there's one more excuse. I had to throw this in. This is the, the, the knowledge excuse. The knowledge excuse. If I just knew more, and if I just knew more, maybe I should go to seminary, or maybe I should take a Bible class. Good. Rah, rah, rah. Go team, go. But that's not it. Question, can something be true and irrelevant? I 
fly fish in tournaments. I have for a long, long time. I could talk over most of your heads that quick about saltwater fly fishing. You wouldn't know what in the heck I'm talking about. It would be true, but irrelevant. When the guy was drowning in front of me in the Atlantic Ocean, I could have said, whoa, stop your vomiting, stop your yelling. Let me give you the historicity of rescue. Let me give you the etymology of a boat engine. Look, that would be true, but irrelevant. We need to be a part of this rescue society. Here's your homework. I'm talking to Christians. Number one, pray a high-risk prayer. Who has God placed in your life? That barista. That person that you crossfit with. That jerk at work. That neighbor that you connect with. Who has God placed in your path by his providence for you to be a part of this rescue? I promise you, you pray it, all heaven will break loose in your life. It could just be to invite them here. It's just unbelievable what's out there. Because you know people I'll never know. I know people that you never know. You have gifts that I don't have. I have gifts that you don't have. I have passions you don't have. You have passions that I don't have. What's your passion? That's the second thing. What do you like to do? How do you spell fun? God likes it when we have fun. Maybe it's, I mean, I like saltwater fly fishing. Maybe it's boating. Maybe it's skiing. Maybe it's antiquing. Maybe it's... I don't know, what, what do you like to do? Golf. What do you like to do? Pursue that. Have fun with that. But also make sure you're intentional about doing that with people that don't know Christ. It'll be an adventure like you've never seen. You'll be a part of the rescue. No more marina mentality because... A ring is the thing. The hope is the rope. Pull. Pull. So the house will be full. Would you pray with me? Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. You know, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I know that some of you are like my friend at Florida State years ago. You're holding on to a poor flotation device. I don't know what it is. Maybe you thought if you made a certain amount of money, that would do it for you. Maybe you thought if you got to a certain level or had this many likes or this many followers, that would do it. Maybe you thought, wow, if I could sleep with that person or do this or that. And, and, and you know in your heart of hearts that you're drowning, that your head is barely above water, that you're on a Kmart cheap flotation device. Right now, my prayer is that you'll pray this to yourself. Just pray this with me. God, I'm drowning. God, I admit to you my wrongdoings, my sin, and I turn from that and I grasp the ring. 
I take hold of you, Jesus. I receive your, your death for my sins, your resurrection for eternal life, your forgiveness, your cleansing. I give it all to you. This is my rescue moment. If you prayed that prayer with me and meant business in your life for the first time, would you just, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, lift your hand so I can see your hand. There's way up in the upper deck, yep, on the ground, yes. Many hands. Ed, I prayed with you. Just hold your hand up. No pressure. Awesome. My next prayer will be for those like myself. You're a, you're a believer. You're a follower of Christ. You're a part of this rescue society, but you've kind of said to yourself, yeah, that's someone else's job. I, I don't understand that or know what to say. Hey, if you've been saved, you have a rescue story. You have influence. And right now, I believe God is bringing to your mind relatives, family members, neighbors, teammates, classmates, people on your management team. Just pray for them right now. And just say this, God, open windows of opportunities. Open doors. And I want to walk through them. And I want to be able to toss the ring to them. It may be to invite them here next weekend. It may be just to ask several follow-up questions. But, man, what would happen if we did this? So, Father, we give this time to you. We thank you for this amazing rescue society and the leaders here. We voice this prayer in Jesus' name. I want to ask you to just remain in a spirit of prayer for a moment. We, we bow our heads as a sign of reverence because of the presence of God. If you just grabbed a hold of the ring and stepped into that relationship with Jesus that Ed described so powerfully, so beautifully, you're in the perfect place because you're surrounded by imperfect people who want to help, who want to be that rescue society with you around you. And, and the best way to get that conversation started is with the connect card that's in the program that you got when you walked in. If you would, just right now, before you leave, just fill that card out. You can tear it off on the perforation and just make sure that you hand it to one of our ushers just on your way out the door today. Just say, hey, today was my day, and just make a brief moment to make a personal connection, because that's what this is all about. It's a personal connection between you and God, and then a personal connection with the rescue society that we are. As a church, we honor, we celebrate that decision that you made in the providence of God today. 
And as a, as a church family, we honor that. We celebrate it. And our, and our family tradition is around here, because people come to know Christ, we celebrate. And so as a church, we put our hands together just to tell you, welcome home. Welcome home.